How's it, everybody? We are midway through the semester, and I realize that this is only my third podcast for this season. And I really feel like maybe nothing much happens within one week, but then things start to string together and develop over the course of a few weeks. So I've been finding that it was, what, three or four weeks from episodes one and two of this season, and then another three weeks from the last episode to this one. So apparently, maybe things just mature and develop over a three-week period for me to have to feel like I need to give a podcast update of what's going on with my semester. First class, the one that I teach, you know, nothing much there, I think, the students have kind of settled down to the rhythm and figured out I'm not fucking around when I say I I don't I will take off late points if you turn in shit late and I think students have learned that the hard way and paid for it and then you know you learn from your mistakes and then they just don't turn anything anything late after that that's pretty much it nothing really changed on that which is which is actually kind of nice I'll get into why a bit later to know that this class that I'm teaching is basically on autopilot and it's just really going through the motions unfortunately they just did have their second formal paper, which I need to start grading like right after I record this podcast. I'm just going to try to hurry up and get through this so that I can really start grading because it's already Wednesday and I haven't touched them at all. The class that I TA for, you know, I, I had a lot of fun filming our first video project. It was like a fucking hot mess, though. Basically, the parameters of the assignment was that you had to shoot something top down and it was an explanatory kind of video, right? Like a how-to video or, or whatever you want. But you have to teach your audience something from this top-down motion. And it could be whatever we wanted. So immediately what came to my head was I wanted to make a video of, you know, how to make Dalgona coffee. That's the first thing that came to mind when I thought of it, because I did make one like for social media you know, in, in the early days of COVID lockdown, I'm like, well, I've already technically shot this thing and it's not in the parameters of top down, but like I already know the motions, you know, to do it. So I'm just going to do it again. So to scaffold the assignment, you know, we had to do a um, what do you call it? a storyboard which is essentially acts as a shot list. And I don't normally do storyboarding because like I got this all in my head. Like I'm doing everything for me, like storyboarding works when other people are, has their hands in the project too and that they're all on the same page. But when I have to do something like by myself, like I got it all in my head. But I really found that storyboarding worked this time around because it really helped me plan my shots and to make sure I'm on task. And then also was my script because for the first time I had to do a voiceover to finish out the video and then make it match what's on screen. So I really felt like it was a great foundation for organizing myself and to really kind of keep on task of what is needed to be done so that I don't regret or forget to do something because I wanted to do something. Like everything is all there in the storyboard. Now the thing with what was so hot garbage about getting this off the ground was First, I didn't have instant coffee. I realized that you didn't make Dalgona coffee with instant coffee. I only had like ground coffee. And then here's stupid me thinking that it could work. And I don't know why, but I have a milk frother, but it was just like not getting fluffy. And I don't know if it was, I have to deduce that it was because I didn't have instant coffee. But yeah, the milk wasn't getting, like it just was not getting fluffy at all. So now I'm making a big mess with my milk frother. And it's going all over the place. It went on my tank top. 
you know, on, on my clothes, on the on the table that I was using. And, you know, I smeared it on my white tank top and then it looked like doo-doo, like a doo-doo thing because it was like that kind of brown color. I was like, this is a fucking hot mess. I was so over it. I was so pissed. I was so irritated that nothing was going my way that I kind of like gave up, right? And I was almost starting to put everything away. Fuck it. I'll just do it another day. Like, this is frustrating. What I thought would only take like an hour, two hours tops was now like becoming half my day of dealing with this bullshit. So, yeah, I was about to put it away, but I decided, like, look, I have already things set up, you know, just to get this top down look. I was ghetto and I fashioned like my iPhone on my selfie stick that I have that luckily like has a tripod on it. But then I had to lean it forward a little bit. And to get it that top down, like I stood it on our tall bar stool and then leaned it on it to face forward so I could face down so you wouldn't see the legs of the bar stool in the photo. And I was actually really proud of myself that I was able to kind of be resourceful and find a way to like get this top down motion without having like the proper equipment. Like I, ideally, I would want a C stand that I could just hook on to, you know, whatever tripod you're using or any kind of selfie stick pole. And then you could, you know, have it come overhead. But the fact that I did it that ghetto style, I was like really happy with myself. So I didn't want to like put it away just yet. So I decided, you know, to switch gears and thought about just, you know, I'll just make Vietnamese coffee. That is something so simple. At this point, I don't even give a shit what the content is, you know, and I don't think the professor does either. I think it's just a matter of the process of doing it and shooting in that way and getting the lighting and getting the sound right for the voiceover and that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter exactly the content that you're shooting. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to make an explanation of how to make Vietnamese coffee. But now, because my storyboard does not match what it is, I literally had to do it from my head and figure out what to do, you know, right on the fly there. So it ended up, you know, digressing back to what I normally do. Anyway, when I shoot, man, it's just been so forever when I shot that. It really genuinely was fun, but it was also a lot of hard work, very time consuming, just a, a lot of work to have to do and pre-planning counts with that. And I love doing it, but I just don't have this that kind of time. You know, like I got other shit to do. I've got other classes to do. I've got classes to teach. It's just I just don't have that kind of time. And that's why I don't do it anymore. So as much as it was really fun to do that, it, there's also a reason why I don't do that anymore. But I'm glad, you know, I forced myself to do it and I'm making it work. And, you know, I got to do it for a class anyway that um, I'm glad I'm doing it. But I was like, I can't I can't do this all the time. You know, I just don't have this kind of time. And resources and effort that I, I want to put in. I, I I feel like I should be putting my efforts into something else, you know? So the shooting was great, but now I had to edit it. So now I had to change the script and record the voiceover to bring in to Final Cut Pro. And what I thought was great that I've never done before is I needed to match the voiceover to what is being shot. So instead of really having a pre-plan to figure out like how slow or fast I should talk, so that it matches what I'm doing on screen. I did it the other way where I just slowed down or sped up the clip on Final Cut to match whatever my voiceover was. And I was really happy about that. I've never done that before. And to have to basically do it for almost all the clips was easier than I thought it was going to be. And I was so happy that it really worked out. And I'm very happy of how my editing came out for that. And I was so stoked that I just went straight into shooting my next video for on um, video production too and it just came to me the idea that I wanted basically this one is a talking head I got the equipment borrowed from my husband he brought it home I was like fuck it I'm just gonna do it all record it and that's as far as I got as I, as I record this is I I shot everything and I have not touched editing for it and it's been about what probably 10 days even more maybe hitting 
almost two weeks since I filmed it. But like I said, like life came in the way, other things came in the way, but I'm glad I shot it. But I might regret it in terms of like now that I'm editing it without it being fresh in my head, I'm going to wish I did this or that or that. And that's why I like to edit like really soon after um, I shoot stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'll have to figure out some time, hopefully this weekend to edit it, get that behind me and like finally film the final project for this and that this class could be absolutely done. So we'll see. That's where I'm at right now. Now, here's the other thing that kind of developed in the last three weeks that got me a little busy was for a little bit of a backstory. Last December, I got a call from the community college out here on this island asking if I wanted to teach speech 151 for the early college students. So basically like I think the word they use is quote unquote motivated, that motivated high school seniors who want to take, well, not necessarily seniors, I suppose, but normally they are seniors who want to take college credits while they're in high school. And so there's an early college program where seniors at public schools can take the course and earn, like be real registered college students and earn a real, um, you know, three credit course while they're still in school and then kind of get a jump start on college. So obviously these students are college bound, want to go college, want to earn those credits. So it's those kind of students. So long story short on that is it didn't work out. So I didn't teach speech 151 this past spring. So I got that call again about uh, two, three weeks ago that got that call, asked if I was still interested in teaching it. It would be the same idea of what we talked about last year. It would be for the spring semester, early college kids. And I said, yeah. So this time around, it does seem more serious than it was last year. It looks like I'm going to teach two sections. And that just kind of came in fruition just in the past one or two weeks. So two different high schools, two different sets of kids. At least it's just the same course, though. So not that bad. But I did like set a meeting with the only college's full-time instructor for this department, just as a heads up of what I needed to accomplish by teaching this class, you know, and hopefully they're nice enough to, you know, like share their syllabus, share the textbook that they're using, you know, how they run the class, what kinds of things they need to do in order to fulfill the learning outcomes that are supposed to happen in this course. So I was, you know, very grateful for them for sharing their syllabus with me and, their course schedules. So I'm kind of picking and choosing what works for me from the two instructors that teach the course. And I think it's a, a good hybrid of the both of them. So I've been working on that, like any free time I have or any time I don't want to do schoolwork. I was like, well, I got to get this done by January. So little by little, I just been kind of working on those class, the course and how I'm going to set it up and, um, you know, figure out what I'm going to do there. So as of right now, I feel like I have a lot of time, but I'm sure it's, all of a sudden winter break is going to creep up and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to need something like yesterday, you know. So I'm trying to do piece by piece, little by little, just so I don't drown myself. I think I learned my lesson about starting to teach a class on the first day of school, and I definitely don't want that to happen again. So I want to be more fully prepared than I was this time around. I don't want to have to, you know, my eye has still not stopped twitching since that first faithful day of school when all that stress happened and my eye just kept twitching for it and I don't want it to keep happening or be just as worse so you know I'm teetering between which learning management system we should use you know like the UH system uses something called Laulima but my program has been using Canvas and the current class I teach uses Canvas and I've been kind of setting it up to use Canvas so I think I might be going with Canvas but we'll see I still have to send that email which I keep delaying I don't know why I worry a little bit that I still might be biting off more than I can chew 
knowing that I won't have to take a second class for myself, like this is the last semester I'm taking a second class. I technically will have to take a second class because I'm a GA, but it's just really like directed studies. So it's just really there for credit. And hopefully that is just kind of sandwiched together or paired together with my dissertation topic. So really, I'll just have one class, which is 760. And I think that time allotted should be able to help with working as a lecturer for the community college out here. So it is exciting, but it's also a little stressful to get it up. But I really hope it's usually that first time when, you know, you don't know what's going on. You've never sort of driven this course before. But I feel like if I do teach this again, whether next fall or next the next spring after that, I really feel like it'll get even better because all you have to do is just like continue using, maybe improve it a little more from what you learn. But otherwise, you're like, you can still use the same course syllabus and schedule because the number of weeks and the instructional hours are not going to change. So excited about that, but also really stressed out about making sure that, you know, I have all of my shit together by the time school starts. Lastly, my Dissertation course, 760, you know, I was confused a bit about the schedule of assignments. Now, let's see if you follow my notion here, okay? So we have to turn in a draft to our instructor on a day. And then two weeks later from that deadline, we send it to the our peer review partner. So I was asking, like, why can't I just send this one draft that I have at the same time to the instructor and my peer review? Because it's going to be the same document. Now, the response I got was uh, supposedly I'm supposed to be making progress within the two weeks to turn it in. I completely understand that, but I would see that as internal. Like, of course, I'm making progress on my thing. But to me, I want it to just be this one big checkpoint and that one document that's on the same page of what is being reviewed. Because if I turn in a document to my instructor and then I'm turning it a somewhat different document from a peer review, I have to look at two different documents for the changes, but the current document that I have is not going to be the same one as the other two. Now I have three different documents I could be looking at to make changes. I just don't think that that makes any sense to me. I was like, why can't they just look at the same document? Like, that's my checkpoint. Like, yes, I'm making progress, but that's internal. This is still checkpoint two for the draft. And that's the one draft they're going to look at. And so when I collect all the comments from the instructor and my peer review, I know it's from this one document. I just make all the changes to the one document to the my internal one that I have, as opposed to adding in a, an extra document there because that one's different. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I feel like agree with how this works with submitting something two weeks apart when it's essentially the same thing, I feel like, that I'd rather just turn in the same exact draft and have them look at the exact same thing, you know, because otherwise it just counted as a different iteration. I don't think that makes sense. Now, if you're telling me the instructor is going to give me feedback inside of that two weeks to which I can make changes to which then I could send to my peer review, that makes more sense. But considering what happened on the first round, nothing happened. I don't expect anything to happen in this round. So then to me, that doesn't make sense because there is no changes. So then why did I wait two weeks? I might as well just send in the same document. Anyway, that was a bit of my like confusion and frustration of like submitting assignments and how that works, possibly getting feedback or not, like more likely not. And, you know, if I'm not getting feedback on my paper, I don't know why we have these deadlines. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to look at it, then why even have this checkpoint and this deadline to keep us on track? Well, it's like, well, then you play that we're supposed to be independent card. I just don't get in. It's a little frustrating. Like if I'm not going to get comments, I don't know why I'm turning this shit in. <laughs> you can see what kind of frustration I, I have there. So I'm ahead of schedule in terms of like, submitting a draft 
but you know, here we go again about like, why do I have to submit a different draft to here? And I'll just take, just have them read this one, you know? So it's just one thing. And anyway, I just, I'm moving on from that. And I started a new topic for, you know, my dissertation section. And I really feel like it's really starting to come together. And, you know, I plan of just doing like one circle around of like all the topics that I want. And I really see how they're interrelated with each other. I still think there's a lot of pukas that I need to fill, but at least I can see them now, you know, and, and what I need to cover and really kind of circle and hone in of the topic that I want to research more about. And my third topic, basically, I feel like that brings the other two together is this idea of media fandom. And when I have a conversation with my dissertation chair, you know, he was giving me some ideas of where I could go with this topic and then finding the gap in research. So I really feel like reading up more in this media fandom topic has been so interesting to cover that I just needed to better connect the learning element to it. And because the tech part's just easy, but really kind of finding out what exactly do I want to explore that brings all of these three elements together of this idea of media fandom into participatory culture, and then thus learning from all of these actions that are going on together. So it's, it's cyclical and I don't know. It's just really fun. It's just really hard to read and focus and concentrate. But with me going on, you know, a short trip this past week, I think really helps because it made me focus. Like I was jamming that the the day I traveled out and then the full day after that, I felt like I was being very productive on what I was reading. So, you know, I'm ready to really hone in and write out that section. And I feel like it'll work better when I get feedback from my other draft that I just turned in, you know. But something came to mind that I felt like was a bit of a breakthrough in in terms of my program is what I've seen in media fandom is they choose like a single show to demonstrate what they're trying to prove. So one of them was like BTS K-pop fans. You know, that's not a show. But then this idea of you're just choosing one thing to focus on, but you're going to generalize that idea from this example topic that you choose and generalize it to like all of TV media does this for fandom you know what I mean so you know there's one with like Twin Peaks and X-Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Star Trek and all these other shows that they would use to study specifically study for the example of like whatever this broader kind of topic that you're going to use um, when you do it so what came to my head was if there's a way I could like get away with using the show Friends as that same sort of topical show that I use to show media fandom and learning and participatory culture like that would blow my mind like that would make this research so exciting for me that you know I'd want to do it I haven't gone there yet that's on my to-do list in the next few days or weeks to see if there is literature out there specifically about this show and, and how they study it and to see if maybe I could do it you know and that might involve you know starting accounts um certain forums that fans could go into. This is why I didn't delete like my Twitter slash X account yet because I was like, maybe I'll like look at tweets that have certain hashtags like on friends or whatever. So luckily, it's only something like specifically if I did friends, I think something that would be covered in the methodology section and not the lit review. Although whatever the generalization that I do will have to be in the lit review. But in terms of specifically like I'm I chose to use friends to look at, you know, for this. Like that's for a methodology, which is gonna come much later and nothing that I'm focused on right now. So I was like, perfect. Okay, I'll I'll look into that. So that's where I am with my dissertation.
speaking of which, I should really get back to work now. There's like a ton of things I have to do that I want to get done this week to really stay on track. So, you know, that's all I got for this episode. Hopefully I'll do at least two more for this semester and we'll see like what other things will pop up in my life that, you know, takes over my academic and my work life balance that where the two are really starting to intersect a lot, you know, and I think that's kind of fun where I think I mentioned it before, but it's taken five years to to get to this place where I'm finally, you know, teaching at a collegiate level. And here I am, you know, I'm teaching now and then I'll be teaching three classes next semester. I mean, I'm here. I did it, you know, and it's crazy and it's busy. And it, sometimes, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but it's like, oh, man, I wish this came more, you know, right at the cusp of me graduating or whatnot, you know, but it is what it is now. And again, I, I worry I bit off more than I can chew that I'm spreading myself thin and feel like I'm drowning a little bit because I'm, I'm juggling too much. But I guess only time will tell. And I want to make use of the opportunities that I have and see first how it is. And maybe I might surprise myself and feel like I can handle it or, you know, choose like, okay, I need to scale back because school is suffering because of it. And I don't want to delay graduation, you know, more than I have to because I'm trying to do all this other stuff in the meantime, you know, so something's got to give for sure if, if push comes to shove. And Unfortunately, it's just going to have to be work, right? I have to prioritize school, I feel like. And that's supposed to pay dividends later by sacrificing other stuff for this. So that's all I got. I will see you on the next pod. Take care, everybody.